0: I take great pleasure in anticipating a trip that I'm excited about. I love to fuss over my packing lists. I make meticulous packing lists of my outfits so that I am never over or under-packed or over or under-dressed. The first time I got to go to Europe was to study politics of the EU over a summer semester at Cambridge. This was the summer of my 19th birthday, my first time abroad that wasn't visiting grandma. We didn't have the term hot girl summer back then, but we absolutely had that concept. And I had packed for a hot girl summer, at least my concept of it. But summer in England, it turns out, is not like summer in Texas. It's more like winter in Kansas. I was utterly unprepared and I could only afford a single sweater at a school bookstore. So for most of that summer, I had to wear everything I had packed in layers. I made an exception for a date. A guy had punted me on the cam, which sounds sexual and aggressive, but it isn't at all. It means he was rowing a punt. He rowed me on the British version of a gondola by an oar that reaches the riverbed. It's a tourist thing. The cute, but not hunky, self-deprecating British guy is a type. He looked like a young Ewan McGregor if his job was rowing a boat all day. Like, soft hot. like. If he didn't have an accent, I might not have noticed him. The punters point out all the historical buildings and lore along the Cam River. And he was cute and nice and had good jokes. And honestly, I'm weak for someone who can talk history to me. So I asked him out and he planned a lovely evening for us with multiple stops. That evening, he picked me up at my dorm on foot as they do in Europe and we walked everywhere. We walked arm in arm through the Edwardian streets but I was freezing because I was in a cute v-neck t-shirt and a slinky black skirt. We talked about the weather, but it wasn't small talk. I was consumed with the weather. All I could think about was how cold I was. He kind of laughed because it wasn't that cold to him. First of all, he'd grown up there, so he was used to it. And secondly, he's a cishet dude. He's always dressed for the wind. And I was like, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say. I'm not wearing any pants. And from there, the day got weird. This guy, who I had pegged for a gentleman, got pushy. He was rushing to change location in a way that made me really uncomfortable. It would have made me uncomfortable back home, but it was more alarming abroad where I didn't know anyone. Eventually, I called him out on it, but there wasn't much we could do to salvage the data at that point, so I just went home. There were no cell phones back then, but some of the girls in the dorm said that he had come around wanting to talk to me a couple days later, but, you know, it wasn't worth the trouble. He just wasn't the guy I thought he was. And later, I find out that pants in British English means underwear. He thought I was saying I wasn't wearing any underwear, like in a sexy way. So he probably was rushing because he thought that's what I was telling him to do. So he was a gentleman. It's that in all of my preparation and research, which was a lot of prep, I bought maps, I knew to order beer instead of wine. In all my prep, I just didn't know what I was doing. I never thought to study up on the language before I went to England. No matter how much you prepare, you always overlook something critical. This is Ivy Lee with one E, and you're listening to FOGO, Fear of Going Outside, where I venture to find out what's so great about the outdoors. I am the most reluctant nature show host ever, attempting everything it takes to literally go camping. So far, I've gotten advice from friends, I've taken professional camping lessons, I've gone to therapy to understand my fears, I bought gear, I tried hiking, I tested myself in the Texas bush, I've been medically cleared to go camping, and the trip, is in 41 hours. Today's episode, two sleeps till camping. We've got to do some last-minute preparations. Last time on FOGO, I found out I have exceptional lungs, and it's highly likely that I'm immune to poison ivy. The doctor prescribed me an EpiPen in case I run into hornets, so all I had left to do was get the prescription, review basic first aid, and practice setting up the tent in my backyard. But I couldn't fill my prescription. It's Friday evening. This is the first time I've had a chance to even think about how to prepare for this camping trip. Uh, that is the you know that we've been working toward this entire season, and uh, uh, departure time is Sunday morning. <laughs> Awesome! Uh, Tonight I have a guest coming over to Camp in my backyard um, that needs to start as soon as they get here if we want to have any chance of trying to set up in Daylight, I am running on fumes. I have a huge headache I mean metaphorical fumes like I'm on four hours of sleep I spent all day trying to prepare for this trip while I start to brainstorm about food and uh, What batteries I need to bring for all of our sound equipment and also uh, try to fulfill my prescriptions for um, my EpiPen and this inhaler that dr. Howland prescribed um, No beans So okay, there's been a worldwide shortage of EpiPens for years. The acquisition of probably my most important piece of life-saving emergency equipment for my most likely life-threatening problem, anaphylactic shock, has been thwarted. This is deeply foreboding, but if I don't get a positive attitude about it real soon and get back to work, I'll also run out of time to learn how to work my tent. And the rule of three says you can only survive three hours in inclement weather without shelter. So this is a big problem, but also it's highly unlikely that I'll run into a problem bigger than this from here on out, right? At least I've identified my biggest problem already. So everything else should come easy peasy lemon squeezy from here. So easy, a kid can do it. So I invite one of my favorite kids to come help.
1: Uh, My name is Alana and I am in third grade and I am nine years old.
0: Alana is about where I am with outdoors. Our families hang out because Alana's little brother and my firstborn go to the same daycare and their dads come up with outdoor things to do together all the time. Alana, her mother and I usually spend those outings catching up and commiserating it usually goes something like this.
1: I would do anything to just not be right here right now. This is getting that bad for you, huh?
0: Girl, I feel you. Yeah. Alana keeps it 100. Most kids do, that's why I like them. So all we have left to do is rehearse the tent setup in my backyard and review basic first aid skills. Alana's family has brought her to my house because she's a kid, she can't drive. So there are currently four children and there are four parents at my house and three of those children are running around screaming. I'm proposing to all the parents that we get a bucket of fried chicken for our two families while I try to get Alana mic'd up to go record in the yard. We are 40 hours away from departure time. No big deal. I once helped move a wedding in 24 hours because of a hurricane. What do we think about fried chicken for dinner tonight from churches? Sure. (laughs) Okay. They're vegetarians. Oh, oh, you're vegetarian? Okay, Mm -hmm. then we should think of something else. Uh, Pescatarian or vegetarian? Just vegetarian. Vegetarian, okay. Okay, so dinner plan A won't work for everyone. We just have to supplement the fried chicken to get the kids settled before their playful screams turn into hunger cries. And Alana and I are running out of time to set up the tent. I live in a house that was originally supposed to be a suburb, but now it's right in the middle of the city behind the Hong Kong supermarket. So it has an open floor plan for children to fill with their voices, and the backyard looks bigger than it is because most of the fences are chain links. You can see into the other yards. their pet chickens and dogs and the neighborhood cats and possums, and a couple times a year you see fireflies halfway down the block. It's starting to get dark, and actually, there are more people coming to the house. I invited Candace Ayler, a nurse trained in wilderness first aid, to teach me basic outdoor first aid. So, Candace and her wife are going to join us any minute. They'll probably be hungry too, now that I think about it. Normally, I would have scheduled two different recording sessions one with Alana to practice with my equipment and another one for Candace to go over first aid, but we are out of time. Candace is moving abroad tomorrow, I'm going camping in two sleeps, and Alana's schedule is packed with music lessons and swim meets, so tonight is the only night they could come. Um, I, I just need help getting camping stuff together, so if there's anything that you camped that you used of my gear or, like, gear that I'm supposed to use from yours that's, like, not out, like, I only found one pad, for example. You said there were two pads. Okay, I lost my Whoa. Okay, we're gonna need a new box. we need a new box for this. Ugh. Okay, let's go see. Miss Candace is here. Candace and her wife have arrived. And they need to leave before it gets too late, because they're actually going cross-country before moving to Germany tomorrow. Candace and I hadn't gotten together sooner because of her very busy work schedule as a nurse. I introduce everyone to each other quick as I can and rush Alana out to set up the tent, and so Candace can review first aid with us. We are now 37 hours from departure. Candace, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: My name is Candace, and I am a nurse and a street medic and... A not-so-amateur activist.
0: I met Candace six months ago, actually just a week after I had talked to Vaughn, David, and Hale about how to begin. She drove the van I was in for a protest at the Texas border. She's a nurse that volunteers as a street medic, so she had supplies in our van for the whole group of vans and buses. She has the air of someone who is planning thoroughly for the zombie apocalypse. Actually, the whole time Alana and I are working in our tent, Candace and her wife are setting up their own tent. It looks like just for funsies which you shouldn't compare yourself while you're learning something. But dang, they put up their tent so easy. I had just stumbled upon a Coleman tent this week for only $40 at Costco. It's giant, the box says for five to eight people, but it was the only one for sale there. And at $40, I literally do not care what features it has or doesn't have. It's just a stick pile. It's just a stick, a stick collage. <laughs> it's a stick steesh whoa okay oh maybe we should have taken a picture of this this seems like it's folded in a very specific way oh there's instructions okay hey alana we got instructions Yay! you want to come look at them with me yes all right yes yes i do Uh, ten set instructions before you begin read all the instructions okay it's like four pages of instructions so I think that's gonna be Ooh, a, that's, that's so gonna long. be a no yeah okay so wait all right all right do you make sense of these pictures or are these pictures just like that shutting that? me down hmm? oh it's not oh oh it's not four pages okay it's just two pages uh, because one is in English and one is in Spanish okay okay look It's actually not as long as it looks. Yeah, okay. That's great. (laughs) Okay, how to set up and disassemble. Alana is a wicked smart kid, okay? And my grandma says I'm a clever girl, but it is too hot and sticky to think, and it's getting dark. The temperature in Texas does not go down when the sun goes down. The mosquitoes just come out. And the mosquitoes have found us, like, showing us while Alana and I struggle just why this shelter is so vital. There's literally a bug there. Uh-huh. Okay, well, there's like a bee. Can we go get a vacuum? Okay, yeah, let's go get a vacuum. I mean, is that cheating if we go get an electronic vacuum? <laughs> Yay. Okay, I'm closing that so the bugs don't get in. Candace, uh, pretty sure we finished our tent. <laughs> Whew. I send Alana inside with her parents and the other kids. The mosquitoes are getting her through the bug repellent and they're getting me too. Even though I got the tent set up, it's so hot, I don't wanna go inside of it. The heat is oppressive inside my shelter and the mosquitoes are suffocating outside of it. I'm already so tired and the camping trip is supposed to be three days of this. After a quick break, Candace teaches us a bit about first aid and at about 35 hours before departure, reminds me not to get murdered in the woods.
1: I'm way, there are other predators that I'm worried about way more than bobcats and okay. human. Okay, humans are the ones I'm worried about? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: We are back in my backyard with the tent sort of set up and some subsistence has been eaten. I still have to try out a bunch of my gear, but Candace has brought a giant bag. And I'm dying to know what is inside. Oh my gosh, we haven't even talked. about We haven't talked first, about first aid. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I gonna be um, okay?
1: Probably not. Okay,
0: thanks, Alana, for the vote of confidence.
1: <laughs> uh, stuff for wounds because you're probably trip and fall. Uh huh. Stuff for bug bites. What and is this? Whatever that thing. A is. A bite
0: and sting kit—the only suction device to proven to remove snake venom. What? Okay. How do I get one of these?
1: At, uh, um, Academy.
0: Okay, so I should probably go to, like, a sports store and get the venom extractor. And I just need, like, U.S. foreign and Band-Aids. I have, like, a Hello Kitty Band-Aid kit I can use for falls. And what else?
1: I keep some type of pain reliever or anti-inflammatory. But really the main things are allergy, wound wash, The biggest one, though, is electrolyte replacement. So,
0: um, People
1: get really nauseous. uh, When you start feeling really nauseous and you've been hot all day, it's because you don't have... your electrolytes are imbalanced.
0: Okay. So I'm definitely going to encounter rain. Do I need to worry about hypothermia?
1: No. Okay. In Texas Uh during the summer? Well, if you're,
0: like, wet, I saw an episode of Naked and Afraid where people on some tropical island, and it... and the rain... and it got... and they got caught in a rainstorm. And it wasn't, they only had to lose a few degrees to have hypothermia. And the rain put out their fire and they were wet and they, uh, they had to take them out.
1: Go get in your car.
0: Okay. Like, I don't know if I should save up my strength for Sunday by sleeping inside or if I'll be overly shocked if I don't practice.
1: Yes, that's that one.
0: Okay, so practice. All right, I'm going to practice tonight.
1: So it's 85 degrees right now. It's going to get down to 72 degrees.
0: Oh, like room temperature. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. I mean, I think the temperature is going to be okay in the middle of the night, but like at this point, I'm already so sticky Right. that I feel like there is no temperature, which I will be comfortable because of the stickiness.
1: Uh, when you're out camping, take a shower at night.
0: Right before I go to bed. Like, yeah. Okay. Just like I do in the city. That's the like what I do in the city too. Yeah. <laughs> Candace is a great resource. The bug repellent isn't repelling, so she recommends a kind of fishing shirt I can buy at sporting goods stores to keep the bugs off. I do wish we'd been able to meet sooner. I could have been picking up these first aid supplies and clothes when I was going all over town trying to get my EpiPen, but now I have to go find all these things on top of all the food I have to go get. I keep asking her my last minute questions while our partners are hanging out with us in the yard. Turns out, my beloved and Candace's beloved are both German, and they're drinking about it. You'll hear them chime in here and there. Alana's hanging on like a champ. We are 35 and a half hours away from departure. Okay, we need to get into some real talk about my trip on Sunday then. Okay, (laughs) um, contacts or glasses?
1: If you end up with your contact like rolling back, do you ever have that problem? That's never happened to me.
0: When we can have this entire conversation with your mosquito net up too you not need to okay it makes me very very concerned (laughs) that we're just like having this conversation with your entire tent like open (laughs) okay but i mean we're not
1: sleeping in here
0: so (laughs) i mean you know it doesn't take long for them to get you we're good um okay so you think i should wear glasses i would go for glasses Okay. Because I'm like, well, glasses are lower in maintenance in terms of microbes, but uh, also worse on uh, peripheral vision if, like, you know, bobcat finds me. Where
1: camping. are you going camping? In- yeah. Right? flake? <laughs> Lake? No. No? No bobcats? <laughs> Possibly, but... Okay. After dark... Are you going by yourself? Uh, my-, my producer, Mariah, is coming with me to help record. Okay. As long as you have one other person, so... I'm way... There are other predators that I'm worried about way more than bobcats, and human. Okay, humans are the ones I'm worried about?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess I'm normally afraid of humans in the city. I don't really think of there being that many humans out in the campsites. Some people are really cool,
1: and some people get drunk and are jerks, and Mm. so... And they think since they're in the middle of nowhere, they can just do whatever they want. Oh. Mm. Yeah. But there's a whole different awareness that comes with being out in the country. Okay. And anywhere outside of the Travis County line, there's there's actual uh, reduction of legal protections for, like, discrimination. And, you know, you have to worry about whether or not people absolutely would prosecute a hate crime. And, you know, like, people out there know that stuff. And there's awful people in Texas. So, yeah, we... We don't like to drive outside. Like, when we leave Austin, we're not going to camp a whole lot in Texas. Mm -mm. We're going to get pretty far out of Texas pretty fast.
0: So still be afraid of humans out there?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'd be way more afraid of a human than a bobcat. Candace and her
0: wife are reminding me that I had forgotten all about humans, which is a huge oversight. Women getting murdered in the woods is what built podcasting into a viable industry— Murderous humans are the reason I have a job. I just keep thinking of the city as a place with people and the woods as a place with animals. But I need to remember that that isn't necessarily true before I go. I think my regular amount of city distrust of other humans will be adequate, and I bring that with me everywhere I go anyway. To recap, I just bring my... I always have, like, basically, like, a pharmacy of medicine in my bag, so I'm just going to yeah. keep bringing that <laughs> in my makeup bag. you have bag. a
1: mom bag? Yeah, my mom, I have a mom bag. You probably have what you need.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, my mom bag doesn't have, a, like, a snake venom kit. No. Maybe?
1: No. But maybe you it should. You have some of the basics, and then the things to add to a mom bag uh-huh. might be, like, a snake venom kit and more than a band-aid. This is what I was trying to tell you about earlier. How's that? So, if you get poison ivy or poison oak,
0: uh-huh.
1: when I was doing camp nursing recently, the director of the camp actually got exposed to some poison ivy. She didn't realize that it was poison ivy. At first, she thought she had a couple bug bites, but it was, like, spreading with her sweat. So, that's a real indication that you've got oils of the poison ivy plant on you. So she took this back to her cabin and washed her whole body really good with this. And it completely neutralized all of the oil.
0: Okay, Techno, poison ivy, and oak scrub, okay.
1: We're looking through Candace's bug out
0: bag to see if there's anything else I need to pick up besides wound wash, the New poison ivy wash, and bigger band-aids. And I asked, you know, why do you have a bug out bag?
1: She's a nurse. But this is more than a medic bag. So this has been my bug out bag for almost 20 years. And a bug out bag is something that um, any survival survivalist is like, if shit goes down, zombie apocalypse style, you need to like have stuff to, you know, bug out to be able to just grab and go some essential stuff. But one of the really interesting things about this bag is um, it has sat in closets for years and years and I haven't touched it. Um, you know, I've gone through and purged and restocked and then purged and restocked. One of those times that I did that was um, during, there was an Ebola scare a few years ago, maybe four years ago. My immediate response to that was to pull this bag out. And there was a fear that Ebola could spread here. Um. Pulled out my bag. Got kind of obsessive like I sometimes do about this prepping stuff. And when I was going through it, I started going through this thing that I printed out.
0: A 72-hour checklist.
1: Yeah, so I, Mm -hmm. I, I printed out a bunch of stuff on like what to prepare, what to pack, you know, what probably should be in this thing. There's some stuff in here on how to decontaminate de- with biological weapons. What's really important when you're looking at this is to look at the date when I printed it all. 2001. October, October 30. 31st. October 31st, 2001. So do you know the significance of that date? After, after, Right after September 11th. So I was an adult with children the age of yours when September 11th happened. That day... I don't know how old you were. I was probably 18, 19. So that had a huge effect on me, apparently, with this fear of what do I do if shit hits the fan? I have to protect my family and my kids, and I have to know what to do. And I got into this mindset at that moment.
0: When I originally asked Candace to teach me outdoor first aid skills, I chose her because it was very apparent that she is someone who was always thinking about what to do if shit hits the fan. That's actually why she and her wife are starting their move abroad tomorrow. As a lesbian couple, they'd seen their lives grow less and less safe since the 2016 elections and didn't want to stick around until it was too late for them to leave. So, this bug out bag and this tent they'd set up to hang out with me and Alana, they were actually checking it out tonight too to use on a road trip tomorrow to say goodbye to all their friends. They're really using their outdoor skills for survival. In the case, Of the worst scenario and when i started this camping quest that was the only reason i understood why anyone would want to go camping and now that i see all her gear next to mine right before our camping trips after i've done so much to prepare i feel differently candace became a nurse and learned all the survival stuff to protect her family i'm just making a nature show We're about to take two very different camping trips. She's camping to regain control over her life. She needs to take her family to a place where they can thrive. She needs to change environments. I'm camping to reclaim a relationship with nature that was lost before I was born. I don't know what that looks like or feels like yet, but I know I would just be an immigrant again anywhere I went. I have to change the environment itself. And I will with my presence. You change the course of any space you're in if you're not supposed to be there. Alana's parents decide it's time to take their kids home and put them to bed. Candace and her wife leave too, and I don't know when I'll ever see them again. I kiss my family goodnight and go back out to my lodgings in the backyard. My tent is on the grass under an old tree, and I am lying maybe three yards from the door to my living room. It's 33 hours to departure time. (sighs) So I just kind of put my head down on the pillow. I've given up for a little bit. I've got both headlamps on. I haven't seen any bugs. So I think nothing got in here while that door was open a little bit. I guess with nobody in here, there was nothing to attract them inside. I hope, I hope. I guess at some point I have to decide it's time to go to bed and turn off all the lights. Hey Siri, turn off the living room lights.
1: Okay.
0: It's definitely darker. Hey Siri, turn off the backyard lights. Done. There goes one headlamp. There goes the last headlamp. I'm sitting up debating on how I'm gonna sleep. And another leaf falls. God, I hope it's just a leaf falling. Why are there so many leaves falling? It's not fall. Okay, I'm gonna turn the first headlamp back on, okay. Just wanna make sure that leaf was on the outside, not something weird on the inside. All right, maybe I use this sleeping bag liner as a, as a cover. I'm gonna open my sleeping bag I'm just gonna use it It's like a big quilt, and I'm hoping that the weight on both sides is gonna keep the insects out. Venom kit, poison ivy wash, flashlight, sleeping clothes, baby wipes, Water bottle. Toothbrush, forgot my toothbrush tonight. Water, food, solar charging battery, if possible. Fisherman shirt, chopsticks, bowls, noodles, miso. Electrolyte tablets. Ah! Oh, that's why I'm super itchy. Okay. 100% there were bugs in here. At least one. Just now that I missed a really fast one. A really fast mosquito. Dang it. I'm itchy everywhere. I think I didn't fall asleep till after 3 o'clock in the morning. It's 7.27 right now. I gotta take down this tent and get going on this day to try to get all my supplies for tomorrow. I... I'm so miserable. I am literally in my own backyard. I am so freaking miserable. I, like literally, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. How much worse is this going to be? Ah. Sleep and heat were issues in the morning I am 25 hours away from departure with only eight hours of sleep accumulated over the past two days. I'm gonna go look for all these things that are missing from my first aid situation and buy all the food we're gonna need. And the shirts Candace recommended to keep off the bugs in the heat. And it's Saturday, so I'm probably gonna have to bring my kids. They're cute, but they're slow. I kinda wanna throw up thinking about everything I gotta do today. Oh. And I woke up with a yeast infection. Apparently, that's a very common thing that can happen if you spend all night out in the heat. So, next time on FOGO, we go camping. Yay. Okay, up to my calves. Oh no, don't look over there. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! One episode left! Fogo Fear of Going Outside is a Spotify Soundup series and was workshopped as part of the Spotify Soundup Podcast Accelerator program. Fogo is written, hosted, and produced by me, Ivy Lee, and produced and edited by Mariah Gossett. Music by Michelangelo Rodriguez. Fogo is engineered and mixed by Robin Edgar with additional story editing by Ara Juliet and Minda Wei. Production support, including Church's Chicken Runs, by Benjamin Groza's Eastrup. Fogo's board of advisors is Jeff Shaw and Martin Thomas. From Spotify, our executive producers are Gina Delvac, Candice Manriquez-Ren, Andrea Salenzi, Natalie Tulloch, and Jane Zimwald. Special thanks to Brian Marquis, Teal Krackey, Yasmina Fifi, and Shirley Ramos for production support. Listen to Fogo Fear of Going Outside for free on Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at Ivy Lee with one E, the phrase all spelled out, or visit Fogo Podcast on Facebook or Instagram to see pictures from this episode. And as usual, visit FogoPodcast.com for show notes and transcripts, which are a comedy experience unto themselves.
1: Everyone else is eating while we just uh, die out here. (laughs)
0: Everybody's just enjoying like a feast of modern, the modern conference. We're just looking in through, we're literally looking through the window at our families eating fried chicken.